The following is a Just Green production brought to you by the Might Be News Network. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday and welcome to Might Be Brews, the podcast where we explore the people, places and brews of the craft beer world. Please, if you haven't already, check us out on your favorite social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it might be. Our handle is at might be brews. And also a uh, shout out to CJ. The new website is up. It's a nicer, easier, convenient way to check out all the podcasts. Go to mbnnetwork.com slash brews. And there you can um, find the link to the latest episode, whether it's SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, they are all there. Now, this is a very, very special episode. Um, we're continuing Takeover Week, and we are being taken over today by Levante Brewing Company. So let's go around the table and introduce everybody. I'm your normal host here, John, and across from me, your uh, other host. Happy Thursday. Steve, what's going on? How is everybody? Good to hear you. Taylor, the man behind the uh, the board, the producer man. How you doing, man? What's up, everybody? Happy right. Friday. And our guest from Levante, Tim, how you doing? Woot woot. How's it going, guys? Hey, and uh, Jim, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, everybody? Hey, thank you guys so much for joining us. we are uh, been super excited about this. You guys are like kind of our biggest guests so far. You know, it's the, our fi- finally a um, an actual brewery is um is a guest on the show so we're super super excited we're honored yeah thank you so much for being here now um i'm jumping a little bit of a, a little bit ahead but um there's been a big announcement about mercury and we want to talk about that but i'm super super honored and excited because you guys brought if i'm understanding this correctly the very first delivery of mercury to us you got it, man. We brought a box of goodies for you, so open her on up. So I'm holding. I love the design on this. Just the way the logo is. The um, I don't know what is this supposed to look like. It's kind of like a hop, kind of like a hot air balloon. I don't know if that's what you're going for. The hop air balloon. <laughs> the hop air balloon. Did I nail it? <laughs> so so like hop air balloon. That's <laughs> so neat. It's like it's got uh, an M in it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Just, and then the cans on the top. I don't know. It's such a distinct look and distinct box that like I just. That's another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about. I absolutely love all of your design and marketing. Just the way you guys do things is awesome. But this just stands out, and it's something that like I get excited just seeing the box. So I think you nailed it there. Right on. Well, appreciate that. We uh, there was kind of like a mixed decision. Um, I'm gonna fall on my own sword here. So I'm the guy that's supposed to do all the marketing stuff for Levante, and I thought we should just do a plain box and not broadcast that there was any alcohol in the box or anything like that. Oh, interesting. And Tim smartly overrode that. I got to give him credit. That's why he's the boss. <laughs> and, <laughs> nice. uh, you know, he came up with this idea with, uh, with Zach and, uh, and Spencer who are just terrific parts of the marketing team and just came up with a whole design concept of that. And when I saw it the first time, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm absolutely wrong. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's all our. We uh, we recently brought on full time our artist Zach Woomer. Okay, and uh, we recently uh, one of our brewers who is uh, you know the whole time he's been with us has been a brewer and our brand coordinator, our social media guru. Okay, so uh, we've moved him fully into the whole branding and marketing, and this is one of the products of that. Just the That's dedicated awesome. marketing. Team. Is that Zach? Uh, Zach and Spencer. Zach and Spencer yeah. are killing it. All right, so you guys are actually going to hear us open 
the very first Mercury box. Here we go. I'm <laughs> so right. freaking excited. I can't <laughs> no. wait to see what's in here. I can tell. I'm excited. I've been looking at it like, what's in that box? Sound effects. Oh, oh man. Check this out. Uh, what's in there? This is neat. This is like one of those um, those unboxing videos on YouTube, you know, where where it's just like a review of, uh, I don't know, anything. Like you, you order. Um, Guys open like uh, baseball cards. Yeah, and something shoes. like that. Yeah. Like a Ken awesome. Griffey rookie. So there's a really, really nice uh, letter in here. Welcome to Mercury. That's really sweet. Um, anyway, let me get a little closer here. <laughs> we got some stickers. We got some um, some uh, coasters. coasters. This is awesome. So let's see what we actually got in here. We got three Tons four packs. So we got a four pack of tickle parts. One of my favorites from you guys. I get it almost every time I see it on tap. Coasters have scanned for free shipping on them. Oh, wait. This is a mix pack. So we got tickle parts, king of birds, which we had out of the we have out of the fermenter yes you did yeah yeah that's the one we that's took the a one we sneak, had sneak peek at. i have a can of this sitting at home but i haven't cracked it yet but i'm super excited because i it was so good we only did mix four packs for you guys we don't have like elves in the brewery mixing four gotcha. packs all the time but <laughs> I, I was in there this time exclusive so look at the way this is packaged this is really interesting was this part of like the whole design for you guys for mercury like how to hold a, a four pack carefully in yeah, the boxing? Yeah, they were custom made, designed. So, you know, the, just to protect the contents of the package and make sure things weren't getting shaken around and that's incredible. dented. So it really worked out nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's see here. Cloudy. Yeah, the whole the whole concept was to suspend the four pack in the box without like yeah, we wanted to be uh, conscious, you know, environmentally conscious, sustainable, but at the same time wanted the beer to get there without, you know, dents or being you know, exploding on the way. Right. So now, how does Mercury work? I'll get really super logistically in there. Is it going out UPS? Is it is it their own service? No, basically, um, we've contracted with a you know a third party logistics company. They're out of um, like the Audubon Trooper area. They're called Quick Courier Solutions or uh, no, Quick Courier Services. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, sorry, QCS. And they have they have hubs across the across Pennsylvania, and so basically, um, when you place an order at any time during the day, um, the very next day, like within twelve hours, because we give you a twelve hour window to cancel, um, twelve hours or so later, we're packaging up everything, you know, fresh beer, um, absolutely canned, maybe a week or two at at, at the most. Um, and then we take it to QCS and then they distribute it across their hubs. And then what they do, because <clears throat> they're on the hook for age verification. So a lot of people are like, how can you do this? And you know, how do you do the whole 21 or over thing? So they'll contact you. And it's very similar to Tavor uh, and how Tavor sends beer to people in Pennsylvania. They contact you and they say, look, here's an email that says, Jim, you know, here's three windows of opportunity between eight in the morning and one, between one and six on these days. What works best for you? You tell them, just make sure you're there and they show up, they they card you, and then here's your beer and have a nice day. Huh. That's that's pretty excellent. So that's so excellent. if I place an order today, what's my shipping time about? We think, you know, if you really break it down and we're starting, you know, we've only done this for a week, but give us 
24 hours or less on our end, then they need about two days. Um, and that two days is trying to figure out which hub it goes to. And then the very next day, so you're on day three, they're calling you and they can bring it to you within 24 to 48 hours of when you acknowledge that you're there to receive it. A lot of people send it to work because there's always someone in the, you know, yeah. in, in receiving that's 21 years of older and just can sign for it. So right. that's a lot easier for people. And, you know, if your company doesn't allow alcohol, you know, you know, on company property, then obviously, you know, ship it to your grandmother's house or something like that. As long as they're in Pennsylvania and as long as there's someone 21 years of age or older, you're golden. Are you saying that grandma doesn't work? <laughs> uh, the other thing to add is uh, we're working on Saturday delivery very soon. So okay. ho- hopefully mid to end of February we'll have Saturday delivery. But right now it's uh, Monday through Friday, uh, you know, typical business hours. I'm going to uh, make a sound right now. It's signaling that I'm a little parched. Yeah, it's time. What do you want to start with? So j- just to be clear, we got uh, tickle parts. We got cloudy. We got double dry hopped cloudy raspberry. We've got, what is this? Friends without benefits. Friends it's without brand benefits. It's never been released yet. I saw this oh. online, but no, nobody's had this yet, I guess, right? Awesome. Yeah, somebody found somebody found one, what we call like alley beers. It's like friends of ours that we sneak cans to, yep. and they, they post on Beer Gods or Beer Nerds or something cool I like see that. that. They're like, hey, found, found us an alley. an alley. Yeah, it's just something that's, that's know, awesome. quirky that we do just to you know kind of get people's attention. Yeah, that's cool. What do you I think? Say, I literally got it off a forklift that was going into the fridge in the alleyway. So I actually found it in the alley. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Stole it. Let's start with that. Let's okay. Do that. All right. So what is this? What's what, what is friends without benefits? So friends, this is funny. I, uh, I haven't tasted it yet, believe it or not. Okay. Um, I tasted it in the fermenter and it literally just got packaged today. So, uh, what it is, uh, is it's uh, what's an IPA with white chocolate, strawberry, a uh, bunch of awesome hops in there, vanilla, all kinds of shit in there. So it sounds like we got a we got a lot if going. If I can on. read the can, I can tell you more about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass you one. But let's see here. So it's uh, on the front of it. It's got a um, picture of a strawberry. Looks like it's dipped in uh, white chocolate or vanilla or something like that. Parfait Deepa. All right, let's check this thing out. Yeah, hops in there. Um, I was trying to rem- to memorize this this morning, but Citra, Eldorado, Jerilo, uh, and Mosaic. Nice. And strawberry, white chocolate, lactose, vanilla. Mm. I, was, I was right. I remember the rest. Let's check this thing out. When when do we think this is? Uh, do you have a, a release date on this guy? Uh, we do. Uh, this is actually the people who are going to be part of our uh, kind of cupcakes and beer event on Monday. What is Monday the the 10th they're going to get a sneak peek in the ability to buy this you know kind of ahead of schedule okay but it's going to be released on valentine's day awesome wow it's got a really nice strawberry to it like it's not a artificial astringent candy strawberry like it's more of a fresh strawberry taste yep that's really good i like i think i like that you guys chose to make it a double ipa because i think there's enough boldness in the beer to balance the uh the sweet you know the sweetness in there the the um the strawberry and things like that and you know and tim can probably speak to this more than i can but recently i'd say within the last maybe six or so months we've we've benefited from learning some secrets about hiding the booze you know behind a variety of different adjuncts and different different ways 
of uh, creating our doubles and triples where you'll see a lot of people that, you know, check in the beer says, I can't believe this is 10.3% or, you know, this is a 13% stout. We're, we're, we're learning pretty quickly how to kind of sneak the booze in without, you know, just knocking you off your, is that a trial and error thing? Is that a learn from people when you do collabs? It's a it's a mix of the two, yeah. So, um, you know, without shout out time, shout out time to uh, <laughs> Aslan. No, I did the transition for you. Yeah, our friends, <laughs> our friends in Virginia, Aslan <laughs> Beer Company, who are just very dear to us, and we're doing another collaboration with them in Virginia soon. Um, they came up, and uh, you know, they they did. Uh, you know, a beer with us up here. It's kind of what they call home in a way. When you when you're out of state, they come to your place. You brew a beer. You yeah yeah you sell it within the confines of Pennsylvania. Then we go down to Virginia, whip one up down there with them, and do the same thing. So they're great hosts, um, and uh, we're absolutely terrific partners to work with. We're actually heading down there in March to do the second part of the home and away brew with them. Um, which uh, which is going to be fun. It's going to be a fruit-based, I think, triple IPA as well with them. But uh, they're really excellent high-gravity brewers. So uh, that's something that you know we did. We thought we did very good double IPAs, but we never did a triple IPA until we worked with them. So they kind of inspired us to get out of our comfort zone. Uh, and then this was inspired by and is dedicated to anyone who's ever been friend-zoned uh, <laughs> and uh, has Everybody been a has. friend without benefits. Yeah. That's awesome. Was, it's perfect for Valentine's Day. There you go. Was uh, was Glow your first triple? Was Glow our first? No, no. Color uh, Run. Color Run, color run right. was. Yeah. That's absolutely delicious. No, I'm glad you like it. It's absolutely delicious. It's fun when Tim and I haven't even had it ourselves and we drink it for the first time with you guys and it's like. Yeah, that's man, awesome. Holy shit, this is pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. I got to say the white chocolate is something up. So our our uh, head brewer came up to me and asked me if I had any input for the recipe. He had chocolate. And I was like, you, you got to put white chocolate in. So yeah. uh, that was my, was my thing. Hey. <laughs> nice. That's my one claim to fame. It's great. But, but yeah, I'm excited how it turned out. I mean, it could have been yeah, the white chocolate definitely comes through, but it's uh, it's subtle. Yeah. So. No, I um I really like it. I think we got to we got to rate it. We got to stick true to uh, we got to do what we do. Yeah, do it. Stick true to the show. Uh, I'm gonna start off. Like I said, I'm I'm really um, happy with how bold the beer is with all that sweetness and those fruity flavors in there. Um, you know the cho- white chocolate and everything playing off each other. So um, it's it's a really really good beer. I'm gonna give it a, a 4.0. Just so you guys know, we're doing untapped rules. Uh, one through five point two five increments is usually how we uh, how we rate things. All right, cool. Uh, I gotta go four two five. Yeah, I I, I I like it as well um the white chocolate what are we doing with white chocolate is it just going straight into the boil is it going in where's it going in at so this white chocolate is actually a uh uh, you know powdered pure white chocolate ghirardelli's and it's going into the boil wow or you went high class on us you didn't even go bobo white chocolate we we don't mess around it's actually a a lot of the ghirardelli products that you can use in brewing are being discontinued so we're moving local to hershey okay nice very cool I give this strong 4.5. The, wow. It's, Thank you, man. It's a double IPA, which I don't typically get into. Super smooth. It's very refreshing. And I get the flavors. It's not very often with certainly a double IPA and for my palate. When I when I hear that it's got this this flavor or that flavor, I don't really ever pick them up. And this, like I can subtly pick them up and I actually taste what you you're trying to get me to taste here strong 4.5 
for for those that for those that might be new listening, Taylor, as of two months ago, yeah, three months ago maybe, yeah, was not a craft beer drinker at all. Zero percent. No. He would usually turn down anything I offered him when he was at my house. And I def- still I still call it weirdo beer. Right? Yeah, that's I what do. I was going to say. His phrase beer. was weirdo beers. I do call and it. That. He was straight. What did you drink? What was your? You didn't I, even really drink beer. Oh, I usually uh, Jameson and ginger. Yeah. I was going to say like a like a seltzer type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Jameson and ginger. I, mean, I would drink beer, but like it, eh, whatever, whatever somebody had, you know. And uh, John obviously was getting into it, and I'd get some beer at his house, and usually just make a weird face, like what are you what are you drinking this for? This is all weird <laughs> to me, and. You know, these guys challenged me to try more things and more things and drink it or sink it every week. And it's been a lot of fun. And I just bought my first mix six pack for the Super Bowl. Me and my wife went out because uh, she feel, you know, feels the same way about it as I do. Weirdo beers. You know, you can't see me doing the quotes, but uh, weirdo beers. So we went out and got some beers we never had. And that was the first time we ever did that. You texted me that picture. And I immediately, I think, reached out to Steve and be like, (laughs) look what's happening. (laughs) He's converting. I can honestly say that this is without a doubt one of the best double IPAs I've I've ever had. It's very, very good. We appreciate that. That is awesome. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, honored, man. So back to Mercury. What what made you guys decide that this would be a good venture, that that shipping beers was was like the right move? over like whatever else other options there could be so um uh this the whole story from mercury goes back to about june 2018 when uh we were so we're we're corporation we've got a group of owners who started the company together and we got together to talk about new you know business opportunities and i said look at amazon look at the look at the company i mean look at look at our generation of people that are coming up you know i've I'm not sure if I'm happy about it, but I'm I'm technically a millennial, right? So, uh, but but it's we will all work so hard. We don't have any time, and convenience is above all. So, uh, especially for those people who are you know visiting us from far away, who can only get our beer when they drive to the brewery, because right? Of, because of our model and how small we are, mm-hmm. um, you know, we wanted to offer something to complete that customer cycle, um, where you know maybe they have our our draft beer at a, at a restaurant in Pittsburgh. They, you know, go visit the brewery when they're on vacation and then they can go home. They can hey, say, hey, I really love the cloudy and cumbersome. I can get a case of that, yep. from, you know, from the comfort of my own home or get it delivered to work. So uh, that was the whole thing was the convenience thing to our customer. And uh, we, we see ourselves as an experience company. And, uh, you know, that convenience uh, you know, for Levante, you know, to get Levante is an experience. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what I was thinking is like, that's kind of the generation we're in now is everybody's expecting convenience. Um, like you said, Amazon, all these services out there where, um, you can kind of get what you want relatively quick without having to go anywhere. But like, how do you see it affecting sales at, um, your retail location at all? No, no. I mean, it's not, what we've seen already, and, and this was not, this was definitely, you know, something that we put into the plan was locally within a twenty mile radius, thirty mile radius, the people that are are, are going to come to the brewery, yep. are getting the cans. I mean, a lot of a huge percentage of our sales is can sales. Sure. So, uh, you know, we weren't trying to cannibalize our tap room at all with Mercury, and and uh, we didn't think that that would happen at all. And then that's actually seems to be the fact that you know there's a certain uh, radius around the brewery that people just don't pay for shipping. You know, they're, they're not going to ship beer to their house and, you know, be there for QCS or whatever delivery service. Right. They're just going to come to the brewery and have a beer. So it really is for kind of, 
uh, for lack of a better term, beer tourism. You know, like not everyone, you know, as beer, as craft beer becomes more mainstream, not everyone drives to Vermont for beer anymore. They get it locally. So we would just want to be another option. One, one case rotation in every six cases of beer you drink. Nice. Now, how's that going to affect your, um, your, your allocations when you're doing can releases at your, at your location in Westchester? How, how do you, are you going to always have some kind of allotment specifically for mercury? Yeah, that, that was part of the plan. So basically now we're doing inventory segmentation and it's, we, you know, say we can a thousand cans, um, just make it easy. 500 are going to go to, um, retail direct to consumer from the tap room and another 500 are going to be stored and they can't be touched and inventory is updated on mercury. And, um, and basically, we just segregate the inventory for both those to keep it under control. Now, we can mix them, but it has to be a controlled process behind the scenes so we're not screwing up inventory online and someone's placing something in cart that we can't fulfill and then we cause a problem. So it's 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 pretty sophisticated. It's pretty kind of ironclad as a, as a process. It's new to us, but uh, so far it's working. Yeah, I was, just gonna, I was just thinking as you were saying that, you know, I'm, I've always wondered – what what what's it like behind the scenes at a place like Amazon where shipping the inventory um you know taking orders and getting them filled so fast and things like that it's it's got to be something to behold and thinking about you guys you know there there's been a lot of people in front of you that have done this so like did you guys kind of pick out like some kind of automation system uh like software or something like that or are you guys just like handling it in house it's all handled manually in house so it's 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 canned on our new canning line with, you know, a bunch of love and labor. And then it's carted into another section of our warehouse and it's, it, the inventory is segmented there and then everything is packaged and fulfilled by hand. Everything is driven, you know, in our cars and whatever over to QCS. And I mean, we don't have a truck. We don't have any of that stuff. So it's, we're just doing it by hand. That's awesome. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, like, just getting it done in the weeds, making it happen. Yeah, I mean, we we really bootstrapped this whole thing. You know, we didn't. Um, you know, we we opted to to uh, spend the money and invest on a canning line so that we had you know the maximum control over the product. You know, the the shelf life, if you will, not that it goes on a shelf, but the shelf life of the product, the quality of the product, so that we can send it and it can last another week and still taste fresh for two weeks. Right. Um, so, you know, at the end of everything, we're like, okay, well, where are we going to put all this beer? We're going to send it out to a distributor and, you know, buy it back or what are we going to do? So uh, a group of our team got together, a lot of brew house guys, and uh, we bought two huge shipping containers Yep. and we insulated them and we put window units in them. Uh, oh, wow, something yeah. we learned, shout out to our boys, uh, you know, down in Maryland. Um, uh, it's essentially, uh, we went down to Burley Oak and we were like, how do you keep all your shit cold in the summer? And they're like, we got these big, uh, you know, shipping containers out back with these refrigeration units. And I'm like, something you would put in your window yeah, at right. home. And it That's works. Incredible. It keeps the beer down in the, you know, the high thirties, lower forties. Yeah. So, um, you know, instead of spending what you would on a canning line for refrigeration, we spend a 10th of it. Maybe, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe a one twentieth of it. So that's they literally, we have one shipping container for retail, our tap room and one for mercury. The uh, last time I was down there for a can release a year or two ago, that's, they did the can release right out of that container. Yeah, yeah. The line <laughs> walk right through the brewery and then, and it was cold and it was, I was down there the, the first week, of August. So it was hot out and that beer was, was sweating as it was coming off of there. 
that was a that was a huge concern of ours this summer. We started selling um, in volumes that were just enough that we couldn't fit them anywhere in the brewery. We put a lot of fruit in the beer. We're concerned about you know the temperature that the beer is at. Um, sure, even mercury. When we start shipping in, in warmer weather. Uh, you know, we're going to develop a strategy to keep it cold inside the box. Gotcha. Right, right now, we're not as worried. It's winter, but it has been a little warm. Yeah. So, <laughs> are you worried about it going the other way, especially when it's been, you know, the the polar vortex was down here this week, last uh, week? I no, should say. no. I mean, you know, alcohol. Well, you mean from a freezing the beer? Yeah. Alcohol's got a lower freezing temperature, so it's tolerant to it. Um, you'd have to, you'd have to literally, you know, leave it outside in twenty degree weather for you know, a day or two to really adversely affect it. So it's, it's handled by human beings the whole way. Um, it's not left anywhere, you know, unprotected or out in the elements or anything like that. And like Tim said, you know, we, we actually talked about it today and said, you know, some of the, you know, we've, we've picked a couple of customers that we asked, you know, you got to call us and tell us what the feedback is, especially on cloudy raspberry because it does have some fruit in it. And, um, we don't expect any issues with it, but again, it's all about quality control. We incubate our beers and warm them up on purpose over days and weeks just to make sure that we're not going to have gushers or seams ripping on the cans. We're doing everything we can um, based on things that we've read and some experiences that we've we've you know read about with other breweries, just trying to avoid any customer friction. So we know there's going to be issues. We'll make them right. That's what we do. That's awesome. I'm going to just go ahead and crack another beer here so we can get tasting while we're talking, but uh, I'm going to crack this double dry hopped cloudy uh, raspberry cloudy. But I, um, I know it's it's early. You guys obviously just started this 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 week, but what do you have any ideas for what the future of Mercury could be? Are there any big ideas of of where this could go? Can it get bigger? Are there are there other things that can happen? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Mercury was originally my baby i had grand plans for it to be the next amazon but uh <laughs> no not really <laughs> um we ultimately what, what, like i said we just want to provide another service to to levante followers you know our fans that have supported us all the way that are across the state uh, and if if i if we can get into everyone's hands who wants our beer that's good enough for us but ultimately we just want to be able to um yeah, we we just want the access. You know, we we want people to be able to get our beer, and uh, it can be as small or as large as it gets. I mean, we want it to grow organically, right? the The customer is going to dictate how big it gets. Sure. I mean, if if this is just a an incremental kind of play uh, for us, and it sustains itself, um, and it doesn't lose money, that that's that's great. I mean, I think we'd be a little disappointed, but we'd be realist. The the main thing I think I want, you know, I think we want people to understand is this is a not this is not a play against wholesale. We we wholesale our draft beers. We've been doing it since 2015, but we don't wholesale our cans because we want to control the intimacy and that exchange and and keep it a direct to consumer transaction. It's not to to try to hurt anybody or 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 um, you know, because we, you know, we're, we're, we're just trying to be, you know, I don't know, what's the word selfish about it. We've always just controlled our can sales. It's just something quirky about our brand. I think one of the, one of the other brands that, that does it locally is tired hands and, and, and we respect what they do and, and we respect the way that they want to control the quality and the entire experience. And they just don't want their cans on shelves. And 
we were kind of inspired by that, I think, and and modeled our our you know our direct to consumer can sales the same way. Sure, I can think of a few big companies that do that. I mean, think about the trips we've made to um, you know uh, Trillium or uh, Treehouse and things like that. You know, you can't go to a Whole Foods or a Wegmans and um and grab a four pack of that off the shelf you have to go to the source yep. but what's nice about that is you know that you're always getting the absolute freshest um so a lot of times you can watch it coming off the line as you're buying it um it's you know it's, it's an experience and i think that's yep. really neat that you guys are, are wanting to keep that uh that intimate connection with the with the customer that way thanks man i mean hey let's be honest who here show of hands i know no one no one can see the hands but who here has gone to uh to a distributor or you know a six-pack shop or whatever bottle shop or even Wegmans and bought a six-pack of beer four-pack of beer got home cracked it and you paid top dollar yep and that shit was old yeah all the time oh dude and i'm always mad at myself for not, not checking yeah. first right like yeah. I, i've been burned too many times and it's ridiculous I that i know. i just hey there it is and grab so, it sometimes though even though you check and you got this the code reader app on your phone and all that kind of stuff it's like you get home you crack it and you're like I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. This shit's old. And uh, that's not an experience that we want our customers, you know, our followers who pay a lot of money for this beer to have. You know, we, we so uh, Jim alluded to control over our beer. Like, even if sure. we know these distributors really, really well, we've lost control at that point. Um, not only of quality, but price. Um, you know, yeah. we could put that out there for the standard, you know, wholesale markup, wholesale to retail markup. But we've seen people, what they do with cans. I mean, they'll sell them for $8 a can, $10 a can. Yeah. We can't have that associated with our brand. Like, we're not trying to price gouge, and that's just something we uh, we want to stay away from. That's awesome. That's such a good, um, like, brand value to have. And I think us as consumers can appreciate that, that we're getting – we can always count on getting top quality product from you. Thanks. That's awesome. So let's uh, let's sip these beers here. I want to hear what everybody has to say because um, – you know, it's it's a tough thing to talk about with you guys in person, but I've been on record saying that I'm not a fan a fan of Cloudy. Oh, you're the one. I'm the guy. He's the guy. <laughs> oh, okay. We're gonna change that today. Yeah, well, well, you know, I don't know what it is. So, if you guys having the brewing experience, I'm really curious to know what's different in Cloudy versus like a standard New England IPA. What do you guys do differently? Because to me, there's a, a funkiness. There's something. I don't know if it's like the type of yeast that you're using or something. Cause I'm not a brew guy. I have really no knowledge of that kind of stuff, but there's something in there that gives it a little bit of funkiness. That's not usually the kind of taste that I go for in a beer. I think it could be two things, you know, given, given your explanation of, uh, you know, your experience with it. Uh, one is that it's a lighter beer and a lot of new England IPAs have a lot of residual sweetness, a lot of lactose, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cloudy doesn't have that. So you're getting a lot of the earthiness from the oats and the wheat that are in there. Okay. Um, so you get that graininess that you might not get in, you know, you don't get it in a Pilsner because oats and wheat aren't in there. And okay. you don't get it in a New England IPA because usually that's covered up by other flavors. Um, also, the second thing could be uh, a particular hop. I'm sure you're familiar with Mosaic, but it could be the combination of Mosaic and Idaho 7 that gives it that little bit of, uh, you know, funky okay. herbalness. But uh, I love Mosaic hops. Like Mosaic Promise from Founders is like yeah. usually like a, a shelfie or a go-to for me um, if that's like, you know, what's there. But um, but yeah, I'm, it's one of those things. There's just that little something taste in there, but I don't know. My wife loves it. She'll get it every time that it's on. If we go to PJ's or wherever it is and, and they sure. have it on uh, on tap, she loves it. Well, we definitely, I mean, you brought up uh, PJ's. We want to throw a shout out to those guys too. They are the number one uh, seller 
of cloudy and cumbersome in the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. Huge partners. Um, and, uh, they told, yeah, thanks Jim. (laughs) Um, and, uh, they told us that, and and again, this is what they're telling us. We're, we're not gonna, you know, hang a shingle out there saying something like this, but we're honored. They said it's number one beer they sell, you know, in volume. And, uh, they actually kind of market it as the most popular beer in Chester County. And that's saying a lot. And I, and I appreciate where they're coming from and whether it is or it's not, it's, it's, it's a nice gesture coming back to us and they're huge they're part of the fam uh we love them and uh so yeah like nine million people love cloudy except for you but it's okay (laughs) it's okay don't you worry we'll brew something else for you yeah i'm curious what about uh so the raspberry do you do you get the same flavor off the raspberry just as a brewer i'm curious no i'm not but let me take another sip of it here real quick all right I had the uh, the raspberry on uh, was it on nitro at the uh, at at the brewery and oh, the smoothness that. No. that that Shit. beer got was was great. I could see that. I don't know if it's in there or not. I think that raspberry is um, is tart and and I think it might be um, maybe covering it up if it is there, but I'm not really getting it. But um, but I like that beer. That's really good. Um, I'm usually not a huge. Um, like even though I love like the New England IPA style, I'm not a huge fan of like the. Uh, a lot of times, if there's like too much lactose or too much sweetness, I like a balance. I like to get some hop out of it, but but this is really good. This like hits a lot of good points and flavors for me. So uh, I really like this one. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go ahead and rate it. I'm gonna give it a a four two five. I'm I'm very pleasantly right. surprised with it. I'll, I'll stick with the four two five. And you bring up something that I'd like to get to after break. Um, which is, uh, you know, hoppiness and, and bitterness in IPAs. And, and I think we should talk about that a little bit when we uh, when we come back. Here. Absolutely. What? So you said four two five. Taylor, what do you got? I go four on this one. I like it. <clears throat> uh, I'm not a raspberry guy, so I'm really curious as to the regular uh, cloudy and cumbersome uh, to see if I am picking up what you're putting down on it, John. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but the raspberry. I'm just not a huge fan of raspberry in general, so that's not the beer's fault, right? But generally, it's very smooth. Uh, it's it's good. It's really good. Well, we're we're always honest here. So, what do you got? Did four. you give it four? four. All right, yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, sweet. Well, hey, we're gonna take a real quick break, and we will be right back. Everybody, make sure you check out an all-new Might Be Tunes. We got live hip-hop in the pit this week. Friday doubleheader. Perfect way to end TakeOver Week. We got Mike Nappy. We got Tamaro. All live in the pit. Hip-hop. It's getting serious here at the Might Be News Network. MBNnetwork.com. Find your favorite podcast. Find the link that you need to get to to listen to it. Do it. MBNnetwork.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Might Be Brews. Check us out on all the social medias. Tell your friends about us. Get some more people checking out our podcast. I got to tell you, I'm pretty angry when we started this podcast. I've never seen you angry. I was pretty angry because if you didn't hear during takeover week, we were on Might Be Sports. Right. We leave Might Be Sports and what hits like three hours later. 
big Sixers trade. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I was mad too. I was mad when we went. To, I, went I went to bed that night. I saw it yeah. right before I went to sleep. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" We could have been like, talking just about all this, this cool Sixers trade talk. They make a couple other trades, and then the Phillies make a big trade today. I literally said on that show, "Oh, Sixers aren't doing anything." I guess it sucks. <laughs> yep. And then they have like the biggest forty-eight hours anybody's ever seen. <laughs> oh, it's stupid. They're gonna make a run. They are. I think so. It's huge. It's big right now. So we're hanging with our boys from Levante here. It's time to open up another beer. What do we got going on next here? We got King of Birds, which I'm super excited about because we had the pleasure of drinking this right from the fermenter. And um, I remember there was some coconut in it, I think. Yeah, tell us about that experience. Yeah, it was. Just, I, I got to say, it was being a-, a beer guy, just going to meet you for the first time was like, probably one of the coolest things ever like when you're like hey you like uh you like pilsners like hey you know you brought us a four pack hey beers on me have a beer while you're hanging out hey you want to check out the new canning line come back here oh you want to taste one of our beers that's about to come out no one's had it yet go right ahead and sky i didn't comp a single one i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) so you want a pilster i got a couple in my pocket (laughs) (laughs) sorry if i just got you in trouble or anything but it was just for us it was a really cool experience jim's notorious for stealing beer (laughs) (laughs) so this is our uh this is our coconut chinilla imperial stout hope i did that one justice that's a new name we made up chinilla 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 i don't know that we what does that mean what's the chai part of it like like vanilla chai okay makes sense side oh it smells so, so yeah, good I, think I got that right coconut vanilla cinnamon and lactose so i, I gotta give a shout out to our followers real quick i think i'm pretty sure we added at least uh a hundred new followers this week on uh, on our social media platforms that was that was just facebook instagram i think went up almost 100 also. So everybody that's been following us, we really appreciate it. And we got a little bit of feedback from some people. So I want to give a shout out to um, a couple people here. Megan Brock um, Bruton, I think is how you say it. Megan. Estrella. Yeah, is that from Estrella? Yeah. Awesome. Megan. So she sent Thanks, us a, uh, a little question for you guys. And um, it said, do you think a wider reach will create more demand for your beer or cause something that was once very special to no longer be special? For example, Megan said she was the director of marketing for Krispy Kreme. And at one point, this was a big struggle for their retail locations. Once they started selling them in grocery stores, gas stations, they lost some of their uh, their appeal and hurt their retail locations. So what, what do you guys think about that and how you th- – I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about it, but how Mercury is going to affect it? Well, it's a, it's a great question. I want to say thanks, Megan, for the question, and thank you for your partnership at Australia and uh, everything you do for us. You carry a lot of our beers, and uh, you're a great foothold in Downingtown for us, and we love you. Um, but the easy answer is that Krispy Kreme put their product in wholesale distribution through you know, uh, 7-Elevens and those things. And, and the difference between Mercury is it's direct-to-consumer, so... Not that anybody needs like a marketing 101 or, you know, retail 101, but, you know, wholesale and direct-to-consumer are completely different models. Um, and it sounds to me that uh, Krispy Kreme went the wholesale route, which is fine. I mean, they, they both work and they both have their ups and downs and their challenges. And uh, I think in our model, we just want to own, like I said earlier, the entire experience and we want to own the problems that come with it. And we want to be able to handle them ourselves. And again, you know, if there's if it's a good experience, 
Um, it's our fault. If it's a bad experience, it's our fault. Yeah. I don't know a lot, but I do know a lot about Krispy Kreme donuts. Okay. <laughs> uh, so my experience with Krispy Kreme was when uh, when they did have their standalone vacate or locations vacations locations. <laughs> yep. uh, it was all about the experience of going to Krispy Kreme. It sure. was a thing in the South, if I remember correctly. It mm-hmm. came up here up north, and Krispy Kreme was the newest, biggest thing. Yeah, didn't they have like a sign they would kick on outside Hot. of the stores that like yes. they they were just coming when off the line us. or something? Yeah. And you drive through or go in and you would bite into, I mean, the box was warm and you would smell mm. warm, warm glazed donuts, glazed, oh, Krispy Kreme stuff. Yeah, keep going. Uh, uh, right? So you would, you would grab this warm box, yeah. open it up, and inside the flavors of vanilla and, and sugar would just hit your face. And that was the experience of grabbing that fresh mm. Krispy Kreme donut. Yeah. After that, everything else just cheapened the experience, I think. You know, when you yeah. can grab it, it was pre-made. And it was cold and it was somewhat stale. Yep. Uh, no offense to Krispy Kreme. I would still love them out of a 7-Eleven or wherever you would get them. But it took the experience away to Jim's point. And um, that's not what we're trying to do. We're actually trying to complement the experience. Uh, by no means do we want to become a mass marketed, uh, you know, churn the cans out and put them in every wholesaler and or, you know, sure. 20 locations across the state. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's our way of uh, getting to more people, but still staying small. Yeah, um, Steve, you might be able to handle the question from our du- our, our buddy Devin uh, about the perceived bitterness. So, so we were talking about this a little bit before the break. Obviously, a couple years ago, 2012, 2013, it was all about IBUs and how many IBUs can you squeeze into a beer, regardless of how many you can taste. We're going to put as many in there as we can. Since the New England style has started, that IBU, that bitterness craze is kind of obviously backed off a lot. As I look at that as a pendulum. Is that pendulum swung pretty far away from the IBUs? Do you guys see that pendulum swinging back? Are we going to get a little bit more bitterness in beer or are we going to stay without that bitterness? Definitely. It's going to go strong bitter no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh so uh so the thing about bitterness is like we used to you know they measure bitterness by ibus or mm-hmm. international bitter bitterness or bittering units um the the big thing about that is that they've done a lot of studies of, you know we've done a lot of training as brewers um over the past several years just trying to figure out what it is about bitterness that's uh you know important that throws people off that you know attracts people and what they found is, uh, you know, UC Davis, uh, Siebel Institute, a lot of people who have done these studies found that the human palate can't really discern anything more than 60 IBUs. So you can measure mm. IBUs as high as you want to go, but you're re- you really, I mean, you're destroying your palate at, at, at a certain point. Sure. So, you know, the typical New England IPA is anywhere between zero and what, 40 IBUs maybe. Right. Uh, but, uh, huh. you know, I guess depending on who's making it. But uh, so really, I think it is with New England IPAs, it's a balanced thing. Sure. Um, so it's the balance of the fruity flavors, the sweetness, the the oats, you know, the the texture that you get from the oats, the flavor that you get from those raw grains, and then the you know the hop flavors. And a huge thing for us is hop synergy. Uh, so it's not about bitterness as much as it is, or like the flavor or aroma that you would get from a single hop. You, it's kind of like you know, you know, two two are better than one three are better than you know essentially you know an army right but uh if you add you take three totally distinct hops with different aromas and flavors put them together they're way different than each one on their own or even two together 
So uh, we do a lot with hop synergies and we try to keep the bitterness low so that you can actually perceive the differences in the mixtures that, that we're, you know, we're creating. That's awesome. There's so much more thought process going into this stuff. <laughs> that, like, that was like a, dro- a mic drop moment. Yeah, right. But he just swung it yeah. away gently. <laughs> he wanted to drop it, but he was like, oh, yeah. that's not my mic. And he just pushed it away. Yeah. Killed it. <laughs> awesome. That would have been great if we had the GoPro yeah. on the yeah. camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would have been great. Something that's hopefully coming soon. Don't talk any more about it. Zero yeah. percent. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's let's get into this King of Beers a little, or uh, sorry, King of Birds. I keep saying King of Beards. That's beers too, that's and I think totally that's different. trademarked by yeah, somebody. I, we I, should I, say just that. got sued. <laughs> we just got sued saying that. <laughs> what I like about this beer is I'm very sensitive to coconut and beers. If it's a, too much coconut, I feel like I'm drinking suntan lotion and I can't t- can't stand it. This one, it's there, but it's not overpowering me. I don't get that suntanny taste from it. I'm um almost like speechless from this. Like I absolutely love this beer. And I'm I I I'm I I'm usually an IPA guy. I go for uh an IPA New England IPA, but if I'm going for a stout, I like heavy stouts. I like my bourbon counties, my my CBSs, the the really heavy hitter full bodied. And um this is just hitting so many good um, good notes for me. It's it's an awesome ride. The the coconut's actually not too sweet. It's just a great like flavor um, that that's enhancing this whole thing. And I'm loving this beer start to finish. Like I almost stopped Steve dead in his tracks. Like I'm sorry, you have to stop. I have to say this beer is amazing because I just can't wait another second. <laughs> Somehow I was able to contain myself. But I absolutely love this beer. I can't wait for people to try it. Oh, we're we, we're glad you love it. And the uh, so we got to give credit to our head brewer Greg. I mean. Greg Harris, he's our head brewer and director of brewery operations. He's a huge fan of balance. A hu- he's a huge culinary geek. He loves food. Uh, we'll call him a foodie, but really just like he likes food yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, so he, he's a huge fan of balance and he takes his inspiration from, you know, pretty much everywhere in the culinary world. So, you know, when he says it's a chinilla stout, that's what I call it because that was his inspiration, chai and vanilla, then that's what it is. Uh, but he got a lot of inspiration from his honeymoon. He went to uh, Lombok and uh, Kuala Lumpur, uh, you know, the, uh, what, uh, what the South Pacific region. Uh-huh. And they put a lot of coconut, a lot of cream, a lot of cane sugar in their, you know, coffee beverages. So he's, he's all about that. And he brought that okay. back, the, that culinary experience back from, you know, the South Pacific started putting that in our beers and that's another beer right king of Lom- Lombok? Yeah, um, that's my favorite stout yeah i, think I, I had made. that at bottle room i think it was and it's just amazing i feel like there's been a noticeable uptick in your stouts i, I don't want to say like you had bad stouts before but i feel like the last five or six that have come out that one uh barrel ground there's been a, a difference and it. it's been and really people actually been saying that like yeah. It's a common, it's a common uh, theme or or sentence that said is, man, Levante's stout game is on point right now. Well, no, and we appreciate you uh, acknowledging that because it is true. Things have changed. Um, we recognize that the the body, the mouthfeel of our original stouts was, you know, a little thin. We we saw the feedback, and credit to the brew crew and 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 Greg Harris. Um, for studying it and tinkering and figuring it out. And then again, um, got friends in high places that gave us a couple tips. So, 
you know, that's why we do collaborations with other breweries. There's a mutual benefit. You, I, you, you take a little away without just biting off of each other's brand. You, you learn something. You polish your act a little bit. You go, wow, I didn't know that if you did all late Whirlpool editions that you got that flavor profile. I didn't know that if you add these types of brewery salts and change the water dynamics, the beer goes a little this way in a New England IPA versus that. These little teeny micro movements, we call them, these little micro enhancements, that's what makes your beer go from good to great. That was another beer, right? Micro movement? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to steal the mic from you. But uh, one thing, uh, you know, Greg, our head brewer, he's, uh, he's really adamant about is when we go and we do a collaboration, the collaboration has to be like symbiotic, mutually beneficial. It can't. We never want to feel like we're taking from another brewery and we, want, we never want to feel like all we're doing is giving. So, you know, when we, we, we like to meet first and get to know the people, get to know their, you know, their process a little right. bit, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, try, try the goods, you know what I mean? Try the liquid and, uh, it always ends up working out well. And we, we create these relationships, these friendships because we both gave something and got something from each other. So uh, sure. I think it's really cool. And if nothing else, you know, you, you just become better friends and you learn something from each other. Uh, it could be, it could be dry hopping techniques. It could be. Uh, equipment, you know, what do you use to monitor yeah. the oxygen, dissolved oxygen in your in your cans? Uh, it could be anything. So that's awesome. What was your first collab? Was it Free Will? Was the the cloudy? I think the first one might have been with Stickman, wasn't it? When we did the barley, oh, the wine? barley wine. So yeah, we've done uh, collaborations with uh, Stickman and La Cabra, a uh, bunch with Free Will, um, Hidden River. Uh, the guys up in Hellertown, our fam, the boys, the Tony and Ke- uh, Kenny and the boys at Lost Tavern, um, Aslan. Uh, we just we just did one with Grist House from the west part of the state. That's that exciting. thing is going to be ridiculous. Um, it's debuting on March second at an event that Breweries in PA is, oh, is yeah. doing. It's sold out. It's at uh, Workhorse yeah. uh, Brewing Company over in uh, King of Prussia. So that's where they're having it. Um, that beer is is scary. Um, and it's a mix between uh, glitter parts and their their beer. The, the We're calling it Glitter Panda because they have a beer with Panda in the name. And it's, oh, that's awesome. It's sick. And it's a triple milkshake like bomb. Oh, that sounds crazy. Yeah, we're calling it a tea berry triple IPA. Uh, so they, they've worked with a specific tea that has like a, a berry mixture in it. Okay. Um, and they've done it in a few of their beers and we asked, Greg and I got on a call with the guys from Chris house, Brian and Zach and those guys, I believe. Uh, and they were, and I just said flat out, you know, when you get on a phone call, you're, you're five hours away from each other and you're trying to figure out a, a beer to brew. I just get right into it. I'm like, what inspires you guys? They're like, well, this guy's weird. <laughs> uh, but we really like this tea we've been using. So we were like, all right, how do we put that tea into a beer with vanilla and lactose? And then G- Greg, again, the motherfucker with this South Pacific uh, <laughs> influence, yeah, right? he comes in and he's coconut. like, yeah, he's like, Coke. He's like, I don't know. We should put coconut. We should put vanilla. We should put some, you know, some tropical fruits in this thing. Yeah. He's on his tropical kick. I think he's still on his honeymoon. Um, <laughs> it's a good so thing you didn't go to Alaska. We'd be having like elk beer, yeah, or salmon, kind of something. Yeah. Everything smoked and has yeah. beef on it. Like, yeah, no uh, thanks. Uh, so everyone really on that call. It's a phone call here, but we're we're just talking about what inspires us. 
I'm like, oh, I love, you know, I love vanilla and triple IPAs. The guys are like, oh, we love this tea that we use. And Greg's like, we need something tropical. So we sat there and we were like, what would a panda eat if he was eating breakfast? <laughs> and that's wow. how we got the recipe. So we've got vanilla in there. We've got the tea. We've got uh, a, a huge triple IPA recipe that's, you know, based off of kind of like an oatmeal. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be delicious. So you guys, uh, I saw. Oh, ba- oh sorry. Oh, banana puree. Oh, bananas. Interesting. That shit's yeah. bananas. <laughs> so we were just talking about all the collabs you've done. We I saw on Instagram that you guys um, were hopping around Pittsburgh doing some collabs with people. Who who is there anybody out there that you like really would like to collab with? Who's out there that like maybe you haven't yet that you want to or are looking forward to? I got I got a I mean I got a list. I mean it's uh, <clears throat> you know in no order and not being exclusive. Everybody, I'd love to do another one with Hidden River. I'd like to do something maybe like a little trifecta with um, East Branch out of Downingtown yep. and uh, Root Down out of Phoenixville. I think the three of us come together and do some monster Chester County beer. Yeah. Um, you know, love what's coming out of Imprint these days and and certainly admire what they're, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, uh, Hitchhiker out in uh, in Pittsburgh. I think we're we're talking to them. Forest in Maine, if you're listening, you know, would uh, – yeah. We'd like the party. Um, and do La Cabra. Oh, got to do another yeah. one with La Cabra. You know, Dan is the man. Um, you know, again, not trying to be exclusive. There's so many different brands that are that would be so cool to party with. Icarus over in um, in Jersey. Gonna, we're going to get to you, man. Don't, don't, go, don't give up on us. We were yeah. dating a few <laughs> months ago. We still love you. Um, we're going to do something really cool. And, you know, I, I think, and you know, obviously uh, – you, you can't leave tired hands out. I mean, it would be it would be an honor to work with those guys. I mean, you know, I know they're they're pretty you know particular with who they work with and probably operating at a different level, obviously, than we are. But we greatly admire what they're doing, and uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I, I love the um, like any collab beer. Looking forward to that because it's usually I, I'm always curious to see like a lot of times you can you can have a beer at Levante and you kind of get an idea or you can kind of tell that it's, that it is Levante. You guys have like a, maybe like a taste or something where you can almost guess that it's that it, where it's from. And I think a lot of times tired hands too. a lot of places you can kind of, um, you know, there's like a common theme or something going on. Yeah. That, and that it, kind of house flavor. Y- exactly. It, you just, you just took it from me like Sorry. that. No, no, it's perfect. Um, Mike Hamara from Root Down told me once that, you know, it's that one of the things that really distinguishes brewery to brewery is what he called the house effect. And that's the water, the water treatment, obviously yeah. the yeast strains that they use, but the water is, is, is so important. So um, I think that Levante and, and every other brewery just, just has that house effect that Mike's talking about that yeah, absolutely. gives you a little bit of differentiation, even though we're all kind of using a lot of the same ingredients and doing a lot of similar techniques. Yeah. I, I just think to myself, like when I see a collab, I'm like, I, you know, I, I know what to expect here. I think I know what to expect here. And I'm curious what's going to happen when the two come together. So, um, yeah, that's really interesting. That's really cool. The whole concept of like where it's made too is important. Like look at Europe, like all these styles developed based off of like, yeah, the terroir. I can never say that word, but where, where these guys are, were physically based, you look at Gosa, you know, it's the salt content in the water because of the, uh, you know, because of the rocks that, or it's a, I guess it's huh. a heavy lime content and salt in the water from the river. Um, and it's just the, uh, it, you know, the malt available to people, the yeast, but sure. the wa- water is huge. I was actually just at uh, an event recently 
with their mayor of Phoenixville, and he was saying he was kind of doing a plug for Phoenixville for breweries, and he was saying we have the best water around, <laughs> and he's not wrong. I mean, they have uh, they have Pickering Creek and French Creek that all come to a head at the Schuylkill River, and it's some right. of the best drinking water in the world. Uh, so uh, to Jim's point, water is huge. Look at Victory and planning their huge parks for Parksburg facility. Uh, matching the water was uh, was huge for them. So wow, yeah, there is there is that terroir, terroir. How do you say? Uh, <laughs> in in beer as well. Awesome. Well, you know, one of those things that I'm always curious of, you guys, um, you know, being in the industry, being uh, such a big part of a brewery, what do you guys like to drink? Like, if you're not drinking Levante, um, what are some of your favorites that you that are go-tos for you? Well, I think for me, um, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely a haze boy. I love the milkshakes and juice bombs and, you know, all that fun stuff. But then... You know, I, I'm not drinking a lot of uh, double IPAs and, and triples. I just, I can't. It just wrecks my palate. But I love, uh, you know, I like Pilsners, Hellas, Lagers, um, you know, Czech, Bow Pills, things in that, that, that style. Because I think it tells you a lot about a brewery and their skill. Um, because with Pilsners, you, you can't hide behind it. You know, you don't have a lot of hops and adjuncts and fruits and things that are going to bury some of the mistakes or maybe some mild off flavors in your beer. So you can't hide behind clean styles. Yeah. I mean, not to be weird, but I'm all about a fishing trip and a, uh, you know, Yeti full, you know, Yeti ice down with a, uh, six or a silver bullets, um, <laughs> some Bud Lights, uh, some long necks of Miller, stuff like that. I mean, that, those are my favorite. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> the, uh, to me, I am, uh, kind of along that same line, a huge Pilsner fanatic. Okay. Uh, I just, I just, everywhere I go, I drink the Pilsner. I don't care if it's, you know, a little town in the Caribbean or Europe or, you know, Pittsburgh, wherever I see light, I don't care. I'm drinking their Pilsner because I want to see what's, you know, what's different. And, uh, there, you know, as a brewer, I think you try, you try to look for, you go to a brewery and you say, okay, what, what lagers or Pilsners do they have? And that's the first thing you drink to determine whether or not, you know, the, you know, where you want to go from there. Um, you know, you can drink a, like Jim said, you know, you could drink a, an IPA, you know, hazy hop bomb. There are ways to cover up, you know, uh, imperfections in a beer with a lot of hops, with a lot of uh, adjuncts, with lactose. You can't hide any imperfections in a Pilsner. So I think it, sh- it really shows truly how well a brewery makes a beer. And so I, I guess I, when I drink a Pilsner, I feel closer to the art uh, rather than further away. That was one of the things I've started doing in the past nine months, a year, instead of always going for that straight to that IPA. I'm like, I got to try their Pilsner. I got to try their, I got to try their, their lighter offerings and, and work my way up to the other stuff. And I started getting a new appreciation for Kolsch's and, and Pilsner's and, and the lighter styles. Yeah, absolutely. We can't forget to rate this beer. I'm notorious for doing that. Yeah, We're going to get carried away and, uh, and forget to rate it. Um, I'm just going to reiterate. I'm blown away with this beer. It's hitting a lot of um, a lot of notes for me. Just, I'm, I'm really digging it. I'm going to go four seven five. It's just, I, I'm going to rate it with one of my top top um, stouts that I've ever had. It's at, up there. At this point, it's been long enough that we've talked about it. We should remind them what we're drinking. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's that bad. <laughs> King of birds. King of coconut, birds. vanilla, cinnamon, lactose. Twelve point two percent. The coconut chinilla imperial. Chinilla. Yes. Four point seven five for you. 
four point seven five. You said four point seven five. Do you have an uh, air horn or like the bull horn? Bing, 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 he said it was not going to be done again. Every time I'm around, it's I'm doing happen. it by request. By request, only if you, only if you get a request. five. You get a five banger on a beer. DJ Khalid <laughs> has to you, you can't even get a five. Yeah, but that dog, come on. I, you know, the the only reason I, I don't. I can't think of anything I've rated five. Maybe dinner I did. I can't remember for sure. I rated sure. dinner five. I know you did five. Um, just because I'm hoping that, like, somebody's going to, like, do better. Like, or, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be – I just want to leave room for, like, to find something that's, like, just the most incredible thing that's ever – My last five was uh, Anchorage Brewing, Deal with the Devil, uh, Double Oaked, and it was – Huh. It, I didn't want to finish drinking it because I didn't want to be done drinking it. That's <laughs> the, funny, kind of the funny thing about, uh, you know, any fives you go back and you look, you know, you look in your, you know, looking untapped and your, you know, your past beers that you've tried. It's all based around like where you were and what you That's were doing when you drank that. So like that, uh, I always, I always said that the brewery, like we would bring out a new beer and we would just bring it in the tap room and give it to people and let them taste it. What do you think? And it's so subjective, like the experience that you're having. So uh, I think the fives are not, it's not the beer per se. It's when you had it, how you had it. Oh, for sure. You know, like when I started drinking beer, a five then is not the same as a five now. So it's just, it's all about the experience. Absolutely. Well, I think we're we're running low on time. So I want to do like a rapid fire and get through some of the rest of these uh, questions and topics. Steve, do you want to grab your uh, your beer out? Yes, uh, I was going to bring it up earlier. Did you rate this? Did you rate this? Oh, you didn't rate this yet. Did you? Did you I, rate I, I don't think I did. Okay. I'm going. Uh, <laughs> oh, you brought old school bullet train out. <laughs> I'm going four or five on the uh, on the King of Birds. Nice. I'm going four or five as well. It's delicious. Ooh, thank you. The uh, the coconut wasn't overpowering. It uh, like I'm not a big coconut guy. Like almond joy is like my least favorite thing. <laughs> um, but like that's not overpowering. It was it's it didn't even like kill me with like the smell or anything. It was really good. It's good. So you heard the reaction. Uh, I just pulled a beer out of my bag. It's a not the original. No, thank it's not God. The original. Thank God, it's not the original <laughs> bullet train. The 2016 one got away from us. Learned a hard lesson there Ooh. about refermenting in the bottle and when you store beer in 85 degree weather you you were kind of <laughs> talking about that and i, w- I was going to bring it up when you were talking about it but i knew i had this so i figured i'd bring it up then the first bullet train little overcarbed. yeah yeah we sat now we that's when we learned about uh climate control <laughs> for beers the hard way back in 2016 yeah, we're, we're well. i only bring it up because you talked about you know if 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 it's your bad you make it right and that was one of the th- cool things that I thought you guys did was you said when this one came out, if you still have an old one, you want to come trade it in. It's done. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, so that, that, how I, was- I, I'm I don't take credit for a lot, but that, that was my idea. And it was, you know, we were all on the same page about it. I just felt that from a brand perspective, you got to own your mistakes. Um, you got to make it right with a customer. And we didn't know how many bottles would come back. And it was kind of scary because you're like, wow, what if 400 bottles out of 630 something come back? You know, we're fucked. Um, 21 bottles are returned. And and to those that uh, brought them back, you know, you did the right thing. That Those that kept them and, um, you know, and I've got one in my refrigerator too. I'm ready for it to explode any minute. Um, just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, thank you. Thank you for giving us a pass. Um, you know, it's uh, 
That was asking a lot of everyone out there. Thank you. And, and I've found that interesting about you guys. I've I've gone to you guys for a little while. Back when I, I, everybody that smelled it's like, wow, the bourbon's still there, right? Yeah, we have to cheers to this one, guys. Thank you so much for bringing this bottle. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Glad I could bring something a little so everybody can enjoy. There's been times where I've been at your brewery where I've seen that kind of stuff happen. Uh, Back in the day when you used to be able to bring dogs into the brew, into the room, which was my personal favorite because we had just gotten a new new dog. And that was one of our big socializations for him. We bring him into the brewery and everybody come up and pet him and he got used to being around people. Well, we were, you know, again, I'll take the hit on that one. So um, when we opened the tap room and I was like, look, we're not a restaurant, so I guess we can bring dogs in. I mean, we were just being dumb. Um, didn't know anything. Still don't, uh, especially <laughs> me. And uh, that wasn't that cool while it lasted until we got so busted. And, and we deserved to get busted. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was we just thought it was cool I and mean, you, it looked like a scene from somebody's living room you'd have like 50 people in there and 20 dogs and they're all barking <laughs> and kids are running around it was absolutely mayhem and uh in hindsight it was cool but it was kind of dumb but one of the fun things was uh, so for a while you could just bring like 50 dogs in there if you wanted <laughs> and then there was a rule of one dog per person yeah yeah there so- was a <clears throat> there was a reason for that. I remember, well, I remember once going in and, um, you know, like the old Westerns where the tumbleweed would come like across the plains. It was dog hair, tumbleweed. <laughs> oh. And uh, once I was in there and Jim said 50 people and 20 dogs. There was 50 dogs and 20 people. <laughs> and it was just like, it was getting a little out of hand at one point. Um, and then actually we, uh, you know, the health department came in and they said, uh, you know, you can't do this. Right. And we're like, no. Actually, we had no idea. We're serious. We had no yeah. idea. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was short-lived, but uh, it was super fun. Yeah. Everyone brought their dogs. Yeah, real, No real issues, but uh, it, it. we found out a long time after that, talking to our insurance agent, he was like, you know, a kid could get bitten and you could lose the whole brewery. And we're like, we never thought of that. No. <laughs> we're naive. But the, the, somebody, when you put the one dog per person, somebody came in with two, and I don't remember who it was, but I saw them go up to the person and say, look, you got a new rule. Uh, let me buy you a beer. Here, here's your beer. Just so you know, next time you, you just bring one person, one dog. And, and that just, it, it, it's the kind of things that you guys do that relate to the customer that we're here. We're going to work with you. Yeah. We're If something's not quite right, we're going to, we're going to make it up to you. Yeah. I mean, look, there are, how, m- how many breweries are there in, Pennsylvania now 330 something that are active probably with 50 more in planning and you know there's 7,000 in the United States and we're there there's something there's a quote from a guy named Simon Sinek that we talk about a lot and people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it and that's really that's our whole brand mentality you know elevate your craft is to try to do things to create an experience for people that they want to come back and re-experience. And Tim said, we're, you know, we're, we entertain, you know, we, we put on a lot of crazy, uh, events and we're, we're trying to be creative with our beers and, um, we're trying to be stewards of, of high quality and, and bring something special. We know every other breweries out there playing their game and we respect it. It's just ours. We're trying to entertain you and make you happy. And again, have an experience you want to come back and, ultimately re-experience with us so how do you think the old bullet train held up here um to be quite honest i'm actually surprised um (laughs) not that like i expected to be bad i I didn't i didn't expect it to taste that way 
um, where all the barrel notes are just as pronounced, if not even more. There's more character with this beer. Um, you know, it's a couple years old now. It was it was in barrels for almost a year before that. Um, I uh, I'm really glad you brought it. I, I I this is the biggest surprise of the night for us. So thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, this is so cool. I mean, and you can taste the difference in the uh, evolution of our stouts from you know this until yeah. now. But I'm almost glad this one's lighter because the we put this in some really special barrels. Uh, these were High West barrels back before High West got bought by Big Distilling. Okay, and we were huge fans of it, and the barrels were just like I remember the day these barrels came into the brewery. And we popped the bungs and we stuck our noses in there and we were like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this is not some, like, swill that we got. Yeah. No. Uh, this is, like, these are nice barrels. So shout out to our boys at uh, well, Northeast Barrel Company. Nice. Uh, they got us these. They came, like, it's like half a truck. Yeah. These things. We filled them up and we just waited and waited. And I tried not to open them up and taste them every week. But, uh, they, yeah, I mean, this was, looking back, this was one of our first real like uh wins i think and, and this was uh i'm really proud of this one and the label on this same artist who's been with us for forever uh he funny story this was inspired by a uh, techno dubstep song uh, okay. called bullet train i don't know if you guys ever the reason that, bu- that it's spelled uh differently uh is because of that song but uh if you ever look it up and listen to it we played this at the every release of the bullet train uh, okay each year and uh and so the label was really meant to ha- like feel like a bullet train was coming at you but also like you were in a rave and these lights okay. were nice going crazy so <laughs> that that, that kind of really leads good. me into one of my next questions is i'm always curious what goes into naming a beer and 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 do you guys have any specific stories that stick out um about how you named a beer yeah the the best one's panic room okay so the whole story about that was we were brewing an I, a West Coast IPA that we used to brew a lot. We don't brew it anymore. It's called the Chief. Um, and uh, back in those days, we'd kind of fuck around in the brew house and get distracted and people would and drink yeah. um, and other things. And the uh, I think it was Paul that mentioned, hey, um, something's wrong with the grain calculations. I mean – we should have a lot more left over. Found out that they dumped like two times the amount of grain <laughs> in the mash tun. And so we're, I get a phone call. They're, they're all debating. I get a phone call from Phil Murphy. Want to give a shout out to Phil? Yeah. Uh, Phil's like, dude, these guys are debating whether they put water in it to dilute it or they do a double IPA. And Phil's <laughs> like, Phil's like, Jimbo, we got to do a double IPA. You know, what the fuck? Got to move forward. We're going to throw every hop we have in it. And I go, okay. So they go <laughs> running in and they grab eight different hops, whatever we had. And they wrote it all down. They chucked it in there. They were literally panicking. Yeah. So we didn't know how the beer was going to come out. And it was, his code name was panic in the brew house. And then we shortened it to Panic Room. And it's basically because we didn't know what the hell we were doing and brewed a double IPA by accident. And it was it was good, man. It, it, you know, it was a it was a it was a step in the right direction for yeah. us. But yeah, it was a total fuck up. That's hilarious because I like that beer, and I didn't realize that there was such like a a, a catastrophe a, a to make it happen. Panic Room, yeah. yeah. Our head brewer Greg was an intern at the time. Okay, uh, he was working for the Phillies and just with us part time. Yeah, and uh, he was certain he was fired. Like it, it, <laughs> it was back then. If we had to dump a batch, you might as well just shut, close the doors. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, so the beers in the fermenter were waiting for it to come out, and he's like, "You gotta, you gotta take me out and like 
calm me, tell me I'm not fired. And uh, when we were out getting bombed, right. uh, we met up with uh, James, one of the owners of Split Rail Tavern, and started that relationship there. Okay. So it's like uh, it, it, it kind of came full, kind of uh, full circle back to that panic room is like, and we've had people recently asking for it, like we got to get panic room back. We're like, nah, we're moving on from that bad memory. <laughs> so, but eventually we're going to run out of names for beer, right? Like nah, it's got to happen. No, we make them up. You know, <laughs> yeah. we make them up. You know, whether, I mean, we just try to have some fun with it too. Not to get, get too serious. It seems like you guys have come really far, but like, what is there? What do you think drives the change? Is it is, is it a combination of what your um you know the inspiration that your brewers bring, um what customers want? Like how are you staying in tune to what customers want and how does that affect the way you guys um you know the what, what beers you come out with and and what do you guys do to to keep adapting? So for us it's based on two things. One, we always started saying that how- our competitive edge to the larger brewers, which this is way back when craft brewing wasn't, but was, was just like kind of blowing up, yeah. at least for us. We said that we can listen to the customer. You know, we have a tap room. Uh, our friends can come in and tell us what they want to drink and we can make it for them almost on demand. And uh, I think we've largely done that. And I'm proud of us for doing that. But uh, I think what really drives us above and beyond that is inspiration. Um, if you hear a song that inspires you, if you, Eat, a, eat something at a restaurant that inspires you or go to another country and you try something that you know is, is totally different from what you're used to. It's a new world and you want to share that with people. Uh, to me, it's all about inspiration. And uh, I, I used to, uh, you know, on top of all the other jobs I had, I'd wake up super early in the morning and I'd write it, what I call it inspiration document for a beer. You know, we're brewing this hmm. beer. It's these ingredients and this is why we're brewing it. This is what inspired us to do it. And I give that to our artist, Zach, and that's where the crazy labels would come from. Wow. Um, so that's why I call it inspiration because yeah. that's literally what drives us. That's amazing. That's really cool to hear. Do you, um, we, we should probably rate this beer here, mm. go around with the bullet room. I'd really like to, uh, to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, I'm going to start off, I'm going to give it a, uh, a 425. I'm loving the, uh, the bourbon coming through on this. That's a, um, Tons, tons of good flavor. I can kind of see what you're saying. Like there's a, I don't know if it's the age or just the, um, maybe what you guys were doing with stouts at the time where maybe there's not as much of like a full bodied, uh, stout yeah. flavor that I'm getting yeah. in King of Birds. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I can kind of see that there, but, um, but this is still really, really good. And I'm loving that bourbon and that vanilla. I go for I, the bourbon coming through really nice. I, I think, it was definitely, oh, and good. it's so long ago, it was two years ago that I had it. I think it was definitely hotter then, and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting more barrel now yep. than yeah. hot. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would give it a, uh, I think it's a solid four. And the, uh, you know, it's not a thin beer, but it's not where the, that, that chewiness, that, that real thick mouthfeel of, of, of Imperial Stouts needs to be in this day and age. It was a point in time beer. We're proud of it. We've moved on and grown, and I think people expect that from modern craft brewers. You know, they have an expectation that you're going to grow and evolve. Um, and if you don't, um, you know, it's not going to not going to be very good for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's bittersweet. I can't rate this beer. Um, <laughs> the problem is because, like, I feel like if I rated it, uh, well, first off, we just drank that bottle. You'll never get it again. 
which for me is it, the bittersweet part of it is like a memory. Yeah. Because, I mean, I literally, I probably bottled and hand dipped this one. Wow. Um, which is kind of weird. I don't want to cry. <laughs> but um, no, it, it's just, it's, uh, it's so special. I know every single thing that went into making this beer and for me to rate it would be, I think would cheapen the experience. And I, I appreciate all the feedback because I know that there is definitely a rating, but uh, I just appreciate you bringing it in, man. This, yeah. this is a really special experience. That was so cool when you messaged me and you were like, I've got a bullet train I've been sitting on. I'm thinking about bringing it. I was like, dude, that's that's perfect. That's awesome. I, I had a pointillism just until a couple weeks ago, but I put it in a, uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, we did a fundraiser for and I put it in a fundraiser basket to hopefully get some more tickets for that. Taylor, you didn't read it yet, did you? I give it a four two five. Nice. <clears throat> the uh, it was by far one of the best smelling beers I've ever had. Like as soon as I I got it, yeah, even remotely close to my face, it was like, whoa, this smells delicious, and the taste uh, followed through with that four two five. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll give credit to High West for the barrels for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Really Very cool. Good. Well, guys, um, I have to say I am so thankful that you guys came out and did this with us. Um, it was a ton of fun. I'm like super honored we got the first Mercury delivery. Yeah, like I think that's absolutely. so freaking cool. Um, and it's so neat to hear from you guys your story and what your values are in your business because I think it's like a whole new appreciation to see how much you guys value the customer and the experience that you're trying to get across to everybody to, to – um, to, to kind of understand that from you guys, I think is going to make that experience every time that, that we go and hopefully our listeners go and, and have beers with you guys um, kind of understand it and, 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 and enhance the experience that they're like, Hey, I know what these guys are going for and what they're trying to do for us. And, and the beer is that much better for that. So I want to thank you guys for that, sharing your stories with us. And uh, it's just been a blast. Thank you guys so much. And I, I implore people when they come. I mean, I know we're a lot of times we look like we're running around and we're busy or the, you know, the brewers are doing something. Come say hi. I mean, we, we, we appreciate everyone so much and we, we love what we do and we want to do this for the rest of our lives. And you guys are, are why and how we do it. And I think Jim would say the same thing, but thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having us and, uh, you know, best wishes for you growing, uh, the podcast listening audience and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's great. What if 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 there's ever anything that we can do for you, we're we're right down the street. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank man. You. Awesome. It's awesome. I'm looking forward to a uh, you know, a continued partnership. Maybe we can make this the thing we do a couple times a year. And if there's ever some big news we want to talk about, you know, let's get together and do it. Sounds good. See you next Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, all the new listeners, um, if you're just joining us, if you've been with us, thank you so much for letting us talk at you. It means the world to us that you guys are uh, taking the time to uh, to hang with us. So um, thank you very much. This was an off week. We'll be back next week. Yeah. yeah, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Uh, I might not be there, actually. I've got some travel plans going on, so you might get a, uh, a John-less episode. But I know Steve, is uh, he's got the radio voice. He's the real air- on-air talent, so he's going to be just fine. Be recording on Valentine's Day, so I might get divorced, but hey. It's uh, for the good we of the show. What we got to do for the show. For the good of the show. Me and Steve might be drinking Budweiser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we really appreciate you, and we will see you next week. Bye.